Great song, great job with that. I know that was wordy, Greg. Thanks for singing that song, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, good morning, everybody. Well, uh, Easter weekend, uh, we kicked off a five-week teaching series called Hope. Everybody say hope. 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 Great word. Last weekend, uh, Brian reminded us of something that is super important, and here's what it is. Who you were yesterday doesn't have to define who you are today. Is that good news? There's a lot of hope in that. Who you were yesterday doesn't have to define who you are today. And I hope that point stuck in your head. And if it didn't, let me remind you. The liar, the cheater, the addict, the thief, the slacker, the dropout, the floozy, the backstabber, the failure that you might be feeling about yesterday does not have to define who you are today. Why? Because there's hope. Because there's hope. And I'm really excited about carrying on that conversation today because I think we all need a little bit more hope in our lives, right? Anybody in here like, man, I got too much hope. Like, just give me a high five and I'll like take, you can have some of mine. Anybody in that boat? We can all use a little more hope. God wants us to be full of hope, but in order to lean in to that hope, there are some choices that we have to make. It kind of looks like this. Everybody say hope. So I choose to. Yeah, you guys missed that part. Everybody say hope. So I choose to. Blank. So I choose to. And each week of the series, we're looking at a choice that we can make because of the hope that we find in Jesus. So last week, the first choice was this. Hope. So I choose to transform my pain rather than transfer it. And then if you've made that choice and you're going to commit to that, you're ready for the next one. And here's what it is. I choose to be okay with not being okay. Hmm? We're going to unpack that a little bit because it sounds a little counterintuitive, doesn't it? I choose to be okay with not being okay. Because here's what we know and what we need to lean into. We're not okay. But like that song we just heard... I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But I'm really not. We're all messed up. In our own ways, we're all messed up. We've got baggage from our past. There's things that have hurt us. We've hurt other people. We've hurt ourselves. We just typically don't want to name it, unpack it, see what it's done in our lives, how it's affecting our lives. We just kind of want to bury it and forget about it. And I think the church is part of the problem with that. And here's why, because there's this misconception that when you come into a relationship with Jesus, when you decide to be a disciple of Jesus, that everything's good. And it is, okay? So it is good. We're restored back to Jesus. We're restored back to God because of Jesus. So there's lots of hope in that. But the misconception is now we have to just act like everything's okay. And that's where the problem is. So we show up on a weekend put a smile on our face, got our Meadow Heights bumper sticker, which sometimes the way I drive, I wish I didn't have it on there. <laughs> we have the Bible app. You respond to praying. Every time somebody asks it on Facebook, you hit respond praying. You put your best foot forward, and you look like everything's okay, but too many times underneath, it's just not okay. We're just not okay. You still have a lot of questions. You still have a lot of junk in your life. And we come to church looking for answers to some of the most painful and missing things in our life. 
only to pretend that they don't exist. Isn't that crazy? Like we come here because we hear the things like hope and these are the things that we can actually lean into and we look for those answers, but we want to pretend like they don't exist. And it's one of the main reasons our pain never actually gets transformed. That's why it's constantly getting transferred. And here's what I think one of the biggest problems is. It comes down to fear. We're afraid. Afraid to put ourselves out there. We're afraid to tell somebody else about our brokenness or our broken dreams or our hurts or our pains. And I get it. You know why? Because people are judgmental, hypocritical, vindictive. You're going to trust them, but all of a sudden they turn around and they gossip. Just makes you want to trust people more, doesn't it? (laughs) And probably most of the pain in your life actually comes from somebody else. So instead, it leads to the worst part of things. And here's what it is. Ultimately, you want to hide more than you actually want to change. So you find that I can't trust people, so you end up wanting to hide more than you actually want to change. And what you're doing ultimately, you're believing bad news. You're believing this lie that it's easier to cover things up than it is to actually let it out in the open. And you know that's not a new lie. That's a few years old. Like all the way back to the very beginning, way back to the garden, Adam and Eve, the first rebellion. Here's what it says. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt ashamed at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Now, Adam and Eve literally put themselves out there. They're buck naked, okay? (laughs) Put themselves out there, and even though they're the only ones there, it says they felt ashamed, and they covered up, and they hid. And we've been doing the same thing ever since. We look for a place to hide. We want to cover it up. We want to make it a secret. And we'll even put on charades and pretend that we're somebody that we're not. And we do it almost without even thinking about it. Because it goes like this. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm not just talking about passing by. Like, you'll get into a real conversation and somebody will say, how are you doing? Oh, doing good. Things are good. They're great, man. But deep down, you know they're not. So just say, oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know how when you're sweeping the floor and using a dustpan and every time there's that little line of dirt? Right? It doesn't matter how many times you sweep it. You sweep it, you move that stupid dustpan like five different ways. And they used to make dustpans that you lift it up. Now they make dustpans that you lift down. You never know how to work it. And every time you sweep, there's that little bitty line. You know what you do? Like behind the couch, <laughs> under the rug. Here's my favorite. It's what I do every time at home. I just sweep one big sweep and it just goes away. Like, poof. It's gone. Like it wasn't even there. And isn't how that, that's how we deal with the junk of pain in our life, isn't it? Kind of like out of sight, out of mind. We, we know we can't clean it all up, but if we just sweep it under the rug, just pretend like it's not there. Well, guess what? God knows it's there. He knows it's there. And if we all, like when I said, we're all messed up, we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all messed up. So if we all think that, then we all know it's there in your life. So what do we do with that? And the thing is, you can't make yourself okay. The choice wasn't choose to be okay. Because if that was the choice, we'd all just be okay. Everybody just choose that, right? Choose to be okay. It's through Jesus that you can be okay. 
Listen, God wants to redeem what's messed up about you. And all of us are messed up. He wants to redeem it. And he wants to have the kind of life for you that you were made for. He wants to transform your pain. But it'll never happen if we keep sweeping it under the rug, if we keep hiding it, if we keep pretending like it's not there. We have to choose to be okay with not being okay. King David. Many of you know much about King David. His life included both incredible successes and catastrophic failures. David. So he's the man after God's own heart, right? So one, one of his most tragic failures was he had sex with the wife of one of his soldiers. So he just came out and admitted it, right? No. He sent the soldier off to be killed to cover it up, right? That's pretty bad. You're not going to get a king of the year award for doing something like that. It's messed up. David was definitely not okay. He tried to cover it up. He ended up getting found out. And then he writes about what happened in the middle of the mess. Because in the middle of the mess, he discovered the power of confession. And his journey from confession to forgiveness. And this is what he wrote in Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me and my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. Isn't that good? Now, why do we confess to God in the first place? Like, is God just kind of fed up with it, like sick of our sin, and like we need to confess something to him, get it off our chest, and now he likes us again? Like, is that why we confess? David says, confession is for you. Confession is for me. He says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. He said, the joy is for you. The joy is for me. Forgiveness is for us. We don't confess for God. We confess for us. It's about the joy that he gives us. We know that God is a giver, and he gives us hope. And when we have all of this pain in our life and we confess it to him, he gives us joy out of our brokenness. And David found that covering up wasn't the way to heal it. As a matter of fact, it made it worse. It always makes it worse. Always. No matter how much you think that, man, it might just be easier if I just do this, it always makes things worse. If you found out you had a serious illness today and knew there was a cure, like there's medical attention you can get, would you just say, ah, I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't exist? Wouldn't that make, that would make no sense at all. We would never handle a physical problem that way, but we handle spiritual problems that way. When a spiritual problem comes in, sometimes we want to plug our ears up and just cover it up. That's what David said. Bring things into the open. He said, the key to being healed and finding joy is bringing it into the open. And here's something really important. Catch this. Confession isn't about fixing your issues. It's about admitting you can't fix your issues. Isn't that good? Confession isn't about fixing them. It's about admitting I can't. And refusing 
To fess up is dangerous. David said, when I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. David said, keeping the secret, it was like I was dying inside. And guess what? You know why you resonate with that? Either you're sitting in secret now, or you've done it before, and you know it just eats you up inside. Yet we go back to it over and over and over and pretend and pretend and pretend, rather than just saying, I'm okay with not being okay. And it affects everything in our lives. And you know why? We're not designed to carry all that stuff. We're just not. Paul tells us in Galatians 6, I love this verse for so many reasons. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Here's one of the things I love about this. Paul's already saying you're messed up. He's already saying you're going to have burdens. He's already assuming you will carry burdens. It's what's going to happen. But he said carry each other's burdens. <clears throat> so Paul said we're all messed up. We're not okay. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Jeremiah's not okay. She'll let you know that. After the gathering, go say, is he joking? No, he's serious. It's true. And confession isn't some kind of hocus-pocus thing that's just going to all of a sudden get rid of things. But here's what happens when you practice confession. And confession is a practice. It's not just a moment. Like, oh, I come confess, now I'm going to heaven. Good, everything's taken care of. Confession is a practice. And when you practice confession, here's what's happening. You're choosing to bring your issues out of the darkness into the light. You're choosing to be humble instead of proud. You're choosing to be truthful instead of deceitful. You're choosing to trust God instead of trusting yourself. You know what's happening? You're being more and more like Jesus. It's a practice. And when you're practicing confession, when that's something that you're doing on a regular basis, there's two things that's really taking place here. You confess how you've been wrong, and you confess how you've been wronged. Because most of the time, I think we look at confession and we just say, we need to go talk about the things that we've done wrong. Like, oh, I was wrong to this person. But you also need to talk about the things that people who've wronged you. I don't know about everybody's life in here, but I know my life and a lot of people in this room have been hurt very deeply. You carry a lot of wounds and baggage and burdens. And you can't just pretend that they're not there. <clears throat> I hear people say all the time, well, the past is in the past. Well, Brian said this last week, your past isn't your past if it's still affecting your present, right? So we can't just pretend that it's there. Because if we don't acknowledge that we've been wronged, you know what will happen? Eventually, you will be the one in the wrong. That will take place. You will be wrong. And you can't let unresolved hurt turn into resentment or frustration or anger or jealousy. Because those things are nothing like Christ. So confession helps us, brings us, lets us be more and more like Jesus. And if you don't confess, all the people that wronged you, you will end up being like them. If you want to be healed, you got to find healing with God. you got to be honest with yourself. you got to be honest with God. And you have to be honest with other people. We weren't created to carry the hurt and the burdens and the shame we're created for something better. And you know what it is? It's life in the kingdom. That's what it is. There's hope. So I choose 
Everybody say it with me. Hope. So I choose to be okay with not being okay. And we begin the process of transformation. So, today, I want to just give you a moment. Maybe to practice confession. So I'm going to pray for us all. Bow your heads, close your eyes. And then I'm just going to give you a few moments to process, to reflect, and to respond to whatever it is that God might be saying to you this morning. Father, we're grateful today, Lord, for the hope that we find in you. And God, today I know there's a lot of hurt in here. I know that each one of us has baggage and we're messed up in ways. And I, I see a lot of resonance on the faces of each one of us sitting in this room. And I think that's the case when we always come into contact with truth is we know it and we see it. But it's about what we do with it and the choice that we make when we see the truth. God, today as we have seen the bad news of covering things up and that that's easier, help us to see the good news of confession. Help us lean into that today. Help us to confess where we've been wrong and where we've been wronged. God, we're going to sit with that for a few moments and just spend some time with you. process this morning the first question to wrestle with is where have you been wrong what's going on in your life maybe it's mistakes maybe it's a secret sin maybe it's attitude the thing with where we're wrong is we often don't have to think long about where we're wrong. Just take a few moments to talk to God about that. Now take a moment to think about <clears throat> where you've been wronged. Maybe it's a pain or hurt in your life that keeps coming up and showing up in your present. It's where the deepest source of bitterness comes from or anger 
or maybe just a wall of distrust in your life. You take a moment just to own that with God that you haven't been dealing with that the way that you need to. important things to contemplate is is there anything in those two areas that need to be brought into the light with someone else that you need to bring another person Jesus with skin on as part of your confession and maybe just open that up to God and just ask him is there something that I really need to lean in like Paul was saying to let somebody else carry this burden And if there is, maybe commit that to God today that you're going to find a person to confide in. Confession feels risky, but we also know, Lord, that it's where we find healing. Help us to find the strength this week to continue to practice this beautiful thing that you've created for us, knowing that we're going to carry burdens and that we're going to be hurt and knowing that sin introduces pain into the world and that we're going to need a way to be able to help transfer that transfer it to you so you can transform it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, now we're just going to take an hour and we're all going to share our deepest, darkest secrets with each other. (laughs) Just kidding. I will say this. um, When it comes to the pain of your life, and being real with those things. I dealt with a lot of stuff as a, as a kid growing up. I remember at 10 years old whenever uh, we had a pretty traumatic thing take place in our house. And uh, my stepdad had us at gunpoint, all kinds of craziness going on in the house. And we, we fled the house and we uh, were hiding in the woods, middle of a rainstorm, thinking... This is it. My stepdad's walking around. Every time it would thunder or lightning, we could see him walking around with a rifle, you know. And we made our way down to the neighbors, which was my biological dad. And uh, I remember sleeping so peaceful because something was out in the open. Like, oh, it's known. And then the next day, we were just kind of ushered back up into that home. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Like, in that moment, I thought, nobody cares. There's no hope. I'd lost all hope for that situation. Until finally, in seventh grade... I, we had to leave the house again 
that night, no backpack, same clothes we had on the night before or the day before. So I'll go back to school and I didn't have my homework. And the seventh grade teacher said, why? And it was a moment for me to say, all right, I'm going to tell somebody. So we go in the hall and I confess, this is what's going on. My stepdad's a drug addict and an alcoholic and we had to leave and we were threatened for our life. And she said, my dad was an alcoholic. That's no excuse. Get back to class. And I thought, oh my gosh. Like, I'm never telling this to anybody this again. I'm done. So I didn't. I'd wait outside till 10, 11 o'clock in the freezing cold, waiting for my stepdad or somebody to come pick me up from baseball practice or basketball practice. Like, I would never tell a soul what was going on anymore in my home until I came into a relationship with God and entered into forgiveness and acceptance. So after already two times of going, this is not successful bringing other people into my life, I brought people into my life. And that time I was met with grace and understanding. And then I was able to offer forgiveness and grace and understanding. The whole foundation of my life, my adult life, is built on forgiveness and understanding and letting God transform pain into something else, which is hope. Hope, so I choose to. So no matter how many times you've been burned, there will be someone that you will encounter with grace. No matter how deep and dark your secret is, you will find safety always in God, but in his people. And you, people, better be a safe place for other people. Okay? Number one priority, offer love and grace to other people. So be that to someone else. And then when you're remembering how you're that to someone else, you'll remember to trust someone else. Okay? I know it's hard. I know when I sit here and talk about this, you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we all walk out of here just sweeping our stuff under the rug again, you know? Doesn't work, okay? So I just want to remind you, my life built on that foundation, transformed everything about who I am. Not because I did it once, but because I learned that was part of a rhythm of my life that I needed to keep going because pain always enters in. And the only way for it to go out is to allow God to transform it, okay? Let's do that. Man, good stuff. I'm glad we get to come in here on the weekend. We get to share things like this. We get to hear stories like Leslie talks about. And we get to be reminded of the hope that we find in Jesus. So come back next week and hope, so I choose another choice that we'll look at next week, okay? You guys are dismissed. Have a great weekend.